everybody. Welcome back to Beer and Money. I am Ryan Burklow. And I'm Alex Collins. And it's everyone's favorite season, tax season. Really? Is it anybody's favorite season? <laughs> Sarcasm I mean, implied. I'm sure that there's somebody out there that likes it. On today's episode, we're going to talk about how your money gets taxed and the different places that we typically put our money and should we be putting money there. So that's the agenda for today's episode. Alex, let's kind of jump right in here. There's there's really three different ways our money is going to be taxed, right? In terms of, the, or three different buckets, I should say, of where we put our money and then how it's taxed. Yeah, you're talking about in terms of uh, the the growth of our money and and how we're able to to save it, because um, there's there's all sorts of other taxes that we're not going to get into. Uh, we're right. talking specifically about the the tax uh, the taxes associated with uh, growing wealth. And so that, that first bucket of money, right, is you call it your standard investment account that's not inside of a retirement account, or I guess it could be your savings account uh, as well if you're getting any kind of rate of return on that money. But it's it's an account that is taxable and taxable this year, possibly. Yeah, I mean, what you'll oftentimes hear advisors reference this as like a non-qualified account or, or something of that nature. Um, really, what they're talking about is it, it's not inside of a, a, a special taxation structure. Um, so yeah, that's that's the first thing, and and it's really we, we've got there's two different ways that this money is taxed uh, depending upon how long we hold it in there. Uh, it's either short-term capital gains, which is taxed at ordinary income currently, uh, or long-term capital gains, which has uh, preferential rates. Um, they're going to be significantly less than ordinary income rates, uh, regardless of, of how much money you make. Um, it's just a matter of how much less. But uh, this is one of the reasons why, in an ideal world, we want to try and hold our investments for at least 365 days. Uh, sometimes we don't necessarily have control over that. Sometimes other circumstances come up. But in an ideal world, we're holding things for 365 days. Yeah, that's the key number there, 365, that if uh, when you're taxed, if you hold on to that money uh, without you know selling out of that stock or that investment, then it becomes long-term capital gains. Prior to that will be short-term capital gains. As Alex said, that's ordinary income tax rates on that. So that that's our first bucket of money. And many of us have a savings account. And while we were probably getting, you know, we make the joke, the zero point nothing uh, rate of return on that uh, savings account. If you have an investment account, that's definitely more, uh, I guess, pertinent to, that, to this conversation for that piece. The second bucket of money is, is a tax-free bucket. And there's, there's three true examples of the, the tax-free bucket. Um, the first example is a Roth example, right? So Roth IRA or maybe a Roth 401k if you if your employer offers a, a 401k Roth option. Uh, the second option is uh, some versions of permanent life insurance uh, build cash value and they do build tax-free uh, with options of, of possibly getting it to you tax-free. And then when, just, we, when we talk about Permanent life insurance, Ryan. It's important to make sure that folks understand it is life insurance first, um, and then the cash value is a secondary component of that. There, a secondary benefit. Um, you can get access to it, uh, things of that nature. But it, it's it's first and foremost life insurance protection. 
Correct. Thanks for that, Alex. And then the last option is a lot of people hear them as muni bonds, municipal bonds. So those are the three main tax-free uh, arenas for where people will put their money. So let's go into how that well, really works. It, so municipal bonds, it, it, the interest is tax-free from on a federal level, but if your state has income tax, um, and oftentimes if it if the municipality is in your state or state run, uh, then there's some tax advantages there. Uh, but the the if you buy a municipal bond and it goes up and then you sell it, that's not what we're talking about. That would be a long-term cap gain or a short-term cap gain, depending upon how long you've held it. So there's there's a lot of other things that go along with uh, muni bonds or municipal bonds. Yeah, so and we're kind of working backwards here. So uh, as as we've already kind of mentioned, the permanent life insurance aspect, it the cash value, the money you're putting into that stuff. First and foremost, it's life insurance, right? So you've got the death benefit there. The second piece is some of these policies offer a cash value benefit, where essentially the money you're putting into it, you've already been taxed on, right? If it's coming from your paycheck, you've already paid the taxes on that money. You put the money into the life insurance, and that money does grow tax free. And you can get access to that money tax-free as well if you do it correctly. Now, there's two ways to pull dollars out uh, tax-free. Uh, one is through a return of your own premium dollars, uh, and then the other, is, which is like a return of your own basis. Uh, the second one is uh, is through a policy loan. Um, you know, most of the time we wind up having the. You can pay back the policy loans, or you can have the the death benefit pay off the policy loan. Um, at your passing, so there's there's a couple different ways, and for the most part, uh, so long as so long as we're using it appropriately, um, it, we should be able to avoid uh, having to pay income tax on it. Um, again, provided that we we structure the policy properly and don't don't pull too much of the cash value. And last uh, option that we brought up here is the Roth option, the Roth IRA or the Roth 401k. And what that is, that's that's after-tax money again. You've already been taxed on that money. You put it into that account that's designated Roth, and that money will grow tax-free or tax-deferred, I guess. And then you can, when you go to pull it out, and as long as you pull it out pre or after 59 and a half, that money will also be tax-free when you go to pull it out. Yeah, there's a couple other caveats and a couple other hoops to jump through to, to make sure that it's tax-free and there's ways to get access to some of the dollars prior to 59 and a half. And today's not to go through those specifics, but uh, um, again, so long as it's for a qualified event, um, then then yeah, it comes out uh, tax-free. Um, there's really kind of three ways to get dollars uh, in into those accounts. Um, you know, one, if you're talking about a Roth, is just contributions on an annual basis. Uh, there are income limitations that restrict how much we can put into it. Uh, there's also maximums in terms of how much we can put into it. That's the first way. Uh, the second way is the employee uh, deferrals inside of a 401k to a Roth 401k. Um, and again, there's there's limitations on how many dollars we can go ahead and do with that. Uh, there are no income limitations, though. Uh, in terms of being eligible to to make contributions, uh, and then the third way to get dollars into a Roth is through a conversion, whether it's uh, inside of your uh, employer's retirement plan or whether it is uh, uh, doing a traditional IRA to Roth IRA contribution. So that takes us to the third bucket of money, 
Um, and this is probably the one of the more popular buckets when people think about investing or retirement planning or just financial planning in general. And that bucket is the tax deferred bucket, right? Examples of this are your, your employer traditional 401k, a traditional IRA. Uh, this could be a 403b for those of you that work for the state. Uh, and then, you know, we always like to put in uh, pensions as well, because pensions, well, we'll get into this in, in a second, I guess. But all of the all of the, those four examples, the way your money is taxed is it's pre-tax money going into those buckets. And then when you go to pull the money out, and this is after 59 and a half, typically, then you will pay ordinary income taxes on that money, the money that you pull out. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a couple other examples. Those are the four main ones. Um, but you know, really, any uh, any qualified retirement plan through work, um, e even most of the the non qualified, like the deferred compensation arrangements, uh, fall into this category where um, it is pre tax dollars that you're putting in, gross tax deferred, and when you whenever you pull it out, um, there's there's taxes paid on it. Um, and then if you don't pull it out for qualifying events, then you know, there's an additional penalty. So here's three buckets of money. Each bucket is taxed differently. The question that we have that we want you to consider is, should all of your money be sitting in one of these buckets? And anybody who's listened to us for any amount of time understands that, uh, that our answer to that is going to be no. Um, and really, it's just a matter of trying to figure out what the proper financial balance is between these. Uh, balance doesn't necessarily mean equal, um, certainly not at all times. Um, in an ideal world, we do wind up getting to some kind of equal component um, at or close to retirement. Yeah, the, the point of us going through this is A, just a reminder of how your money's taxed, right? But but B, and maybe more importantly, is we all know not to have all of our eggs in one basket. Like everyone's heard of that that line. And the question that we're asking you is if, unless you know what tax rates are going to be in the future, like if we all knew what tax bracket we are going to be in when we retire or shoot, let alone next year, then this right. would be a very, very easy conversation. Then we would know where to be putting all of our money. Right. We don't even know what's going to happen with the tax brackets, you know, in the future, let alone knowing exactly what, which one we're going to wind up in. And the only thing that's uh, certain about this is it's, it's going to change. We just don't know how and when. So if we don't know that, that's why we're saying don't have all of your eggs in one basket, because if you chose the wrong basket and taxes did the opposite, you're not too happy. Right. And, and, and most of the time we're talking about diversification. We're talking about diversification inside of our investments, not putting it all into uh, one stock or one category or one asset class or things of that nature. Um, here we're actually talking about asset diversification across different tax structures, uh, which is equally as important as as uh, diversification of, of what we're investing in. So, Alex, I think this is a great point of or great time to bring up the question of the day, which is how have you created 
balance between the three different tax buckets, taxable, tax-free, and tax-deferred. So head over to beerandmoney.net, and at the bottom of that page, there's a spot for you to answer the question of the day. In our next episode, we're going to be talking about how you actually do create balance within those three buckets. So make sure you stay tuned for that episode. We hope this episode was valuable for you. And as always, Alex. Cheers. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities, Guardian, or quantified financial partners, and opinions stated are their own. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. All investments and investment strategies contain risk and may lose value. Ryan and Alex are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC. OSJ 333 North Indian Hill Boulevard, Claremont, California, 91711, 909-399-1100. Securities products and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Securities, member FINRA, SIPC. Financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. Park Avenue Securities is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Quantified Financial Partners is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. Brian Burklow, AR Insurance License Number 15319412. CA Insurance License Number 0K. 24924. Alexander Collins AR Insurance License number 7264699. CA Insurance License number 0H24806. Number 2021-116253. Expiration February 2023.